And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? That's Carl. I'm at him at the launch, you man. Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> guys! 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 Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is my crabby brother, Vince Amari. Hello. Yep, pinch hitting for the astonishing Lisa Wolf. In this hour, Arnold Moss is our host for Cabin B-13 in a shocker from 1945. But first, it's two terror tales heard back-to-back. We're not even going to interrupt these. Arch Obler's 1962 Capitol Record release, Drop Dead. This is uh, The first one is called A Day at the Dentist, and you will recognize Harold Perry, who played Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, as the dentist on this, and then we'll uh, listen to another one, a little clip uh, called The Posse. Here you go. You're still there? Good. Well, permit me to try you with the humorous type of horror. Horror can't have humor? <laughs> listen to A Day at the Dentist. <sighs> Any more patience, nurse? Yes, one just came in. He hasn't an appointment, but he says it's an emergency. Oh, do I know him? What's his name? His name is Fred Hausman. Hausman? Fred? Are you sure? Yes, do you know him? No, oh no. Uh, show him in. And Miss Case, you can go home now. But, Doctor, it isn't time. I said you could go home now. Yes, Doctor. The doctor will see you now. Oh, thank you. Come in, sir. Come in. I'll see you in the morning, nurse. And when you go out, lock the outer door. Mr. Houseman will be my last patient. Yes, doctor. I said, come in, sir. Come in. Uh, thank you, doctor, for seeing me without an appointment. It's my pleasure. Oh, uh, will you get in the chair? Oh, thank you. You know, I used to come here to Dr. Charles. I didn't know you'd taken over. <laughs> Are you all comfortable? Yes, indeed. Now, what seems to be the trouble? Well, I have a toothache. <laughs> oh, yes, we can fix that in a hurry. Nothing serious? Say, so are you sure it's painless, Doctor? It's funny me saying that, but here I used to play football and wrestle, but there's one thing I sure can't stand is a little pain. You know, drilling and things like that. Oh, no. No pain. Well, the straps. <laughs> Why are you strapping me in? Oh, don't be alarmed. In order to keep this painless, there must be absolutely no movement. Oh. There you are. Snug as a bug in a rug. That's a curious thing to call you, isn't it? You're no bug. You're the lover type, aren't you? Why? 
When I first heard your name, I wasn't sure, but when you came through the door, I... What the hell is this? Mary Elson. Mary? What do you mean? Surely you haven't forgotten Mary, lover boy. What you did to her was very special, wasn't it? Worth remembering. Worth talking about. Worth slobbering over. Who the hell are you? Her husband. Let me out of here. Let me... No, you won't break those straps. They've been waiting just for you. That's why I bought out Dr. Charles' practice. Because I knew that sooner or later you'd come back to him. The painless dentist. Now you're here. Now you're here. What? The drill? What are you going to do? Nothing important. Just going to drill a little hole to let out some of the lover boy. Oh, no. What are you going to do? What? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please. Please. No. 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 Yes, lover boy. And now that you've stopped laughing, let's consider the great open spaces of our noble West. In other words, television-type horror. Say, give me a chaw, will you? Greaser's taking it hard, ain't he? So he got a wife and kids. So who told him to get a wife and kids? Hanging from a tree, he'll keep them rustlers off our range, won't he? So what we want the sheriff for? That's a greaser, ain't it? And he's tied up on a horse. Noose around a tree in his neck, ain't it? So if somebody was to shoot off a gun... Accidental like that horse would take off, wouldn't he? And we could head for town and a drink, couldn't we? So I got a careless gun. Kicker, ain't he? Arch Obler, he was uh pretty slick. Little he was pretty slick. Yeah, he was something that Arch Obler. You know, he's one of the guys that I always wanted to meet. You know, I met a lot of these people, as you know, and I interviewed a lot of these people. He was one guy that I never had a chance to meet. I would have loved to have sat down and chatted with um the great Arch Obler, the um, who wrote so many of these Lights Out stories and put out a terrific uh, album in 1962 for Capitol Records, Drop Dead. And as you said, no future in that, none whatsoever. Nope. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to tune into a um, a scary radio series called Cabin B13. And to my knowledge, there's only a couple in existence, and we have a good one for you called The Sleep 
of Death from 1948. So stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. If you are in a market that does not play the full five-hour Hollywood 360 show, well, you might want to subscribe to our Lifetime Podcast. You pay one time, 100 bucks, and you get the entire five-hour podcast plus radio rarities sent to you every Monday right to your email on a link that never expires. You can listen to our show Anytime you want, sent right to your email every Monday, the full show. You'll get the newest show. Uh, we do the show on Saturday live, and then by Monday morning, you have it sent to your email. And as I say, lifetime podcast, that means the lifetime of the show. We have been on for 16 years. We expect to be on, I think, at least another 16 years, so quite a value. You pay 100 bucks one time. You never pay again. And you will get it sent to you every single Monday. And on top of that, we're going to mail you a coffee mug, Hollywood 360 coffee mug. And, um, yeah, so that's quite a quite a bargain, right, bro? Oh, yeah, it All is right. quite a bargain. So uh, if you want to do that, just go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com, Hollywood360radio.com. At the very top of the website is all of the information. Just fill it out. Um, I think um, the Lifetime Podcast is great. You'll get a coffee mug, and um, you'll never miss a moment of Hollywood 360. All right, time for Cabin B-13. As I said, a very rare show. It was a mystery series written by John Dixon Carr, came to CBS Radio in July of 1948, and only ran until January of 1949, so maybe six months. And the stories were told by Dr. Fabian, a ship Psych, uh, psych, uh, uh, sorry, a ship physician of the luxury liner Moravania while it was docked in the Southampton um, territory of England. And Fabian was a man who traveled many thousands of miles and has seen many things, and he relates them to us. Um, Arnold Moss was Dr. Fabian. John Dietz was the director. This is a broadcast from December 26, 1948, called The Sleep of Death. It's a real shocker. Here's part one of Cabin B-13. Cabin 
cabin B-13. From his notebooks of the strange and sinister, Dr. Fabian brings you tonight's tale of The Sleep of Death. A circular bedroom, high in a castle tower, hung with rare tapestries, filled with a haunting atmosphere of witchcraft and death. The young American, Ned Whiteford, knew that for 200 years, no person who had slept in that room had lived through the night. Whatever it was that killed left no trace. Would you, like Whiteford, have dared to rest your head there because you were in love? From Cabin B-13, CBS brings you another great tale of mystery and murder. Written by the world-famous, best-selling mystery author, John Dixon Carr. Directed by John Dietz. Now, here's Mr. Carr's famous Dr. Fabian ship surgeon and world traveler, to tell you tonight's tale, The Sleep of Death. Ned Whiteford crossed with us to France aboard the Mauravania back in 38. He was looking forward to his new position at the American Embassy. He was young, and even war jittery Paris was a magic land to him. It was on St. Catherine's Day that Ned, unknowingly, made a decision that brought him to the threshold of unspeakable terror and death. And he made it in the midst of the gayest celebration Paris knew, the president's costume ball at the opera. Look at Ned now, wearing the uniform of one of Lafayette's offices. And look closely at the dark-haired young girl in costume, sitting across from him at the little table, half-screened by the palms. Ned, don't. Please, you mustn't. Look here, Eliana. We've got to settle this thing. You've enjoyed being here tonight, haven't you? Oh, Ned, I've loved it. After being hemmed in at my uncle's place in the country, oh, it's like heaven. All right. When I take you back to the hotel tonight, I'm going to face this dragon uncle of yours. No, no, you mustn't. I'm going to say that you and I intend to get married, and that's that. I can't marry you, Ned. I've told you that. But why not? Give me just one good reason. Because I, I can't. My uncle would never allow it. And that seems to you a good enough reason? Yes. This uncle of yours, what's his name? Count Stephen Kohari. He's a Hungarian, I think you said. Yes, so am I. My mother was an American. What's he like, actually? Well, he... He's a little eccentric. He... Oh, Ned. What is it? There he is now. Your uncle? Yes. The elegant man in plain evening clothes with the order of the golden fleece across his chest. I see him. He looks as black as a thundercloud. Oh, give me my mask, quick, before he sees us. No, Ileana. Why not? We'd better face this out now. now sit still. 
Good evening, Ileana. Uh, uh, good evening, Uncle Stephen. Uncle, may I present Ned Whiteford? How do you do, sir? How do you do? Ileana, do you think that costume is quite the thing to wear in public? Why not? An older generation might call it immodest. It looks like... Like what? Nothing. Will you go and get your cloak or your domino, whatever you wore here? Uncle, please. Do as I oh, say. Don't make me go home so soon. It's hardly 11 o'clock. I was not asking you to go home, my dear. I was merely asking you to put on a wrap. Oh, oh all right, I'll get it. You stay and talk to Ned. I shall be delighted. Will you sit down, sir? Thank you. You seem to have had quite a gathering at this table. Yes, some friends of mine from the embassy. They're upstairs dancing now. Glasses, glasses, and still more glasses. <laughs> I was quite an adept once at musical glasses. Yes? Have you ever tried it, young man? No. You take a spoon, like this, and... Uh, forgive me, sir. There's something I'd like to ask you. Yes, young man? Well, exactly know how to say this, so I'd better say it in the shortest way. I want to marry your niece. Look out, sir. You, you've smashed one of the glasses. Doubtless a few francs will pay for it. There are other things with a higher value, at least for me. Well, maybe I ought to mention that I'm attached to the American embassy here. That I have some money of my own and enough to support Ileana well. Indeed. I, I only mention that to show, well, that Ileana will be well provided for. The ambassador will vouch for me if you'd like to ring him up. I ought to mention, I have always kept Ileana carefully guarded from the world. Almost too carefully guarded, don't you think? That young man depends on my reason. I'm sorry again. You have known Ileana how long? A week. A week. You would not choose a business partner in a week. Yet you want to marry Ileana a week after you meet her. We know our own minds, sir. Then you know more than the wisest men of the world. However, as one whose dearest wishes Ileana's happiness... I hope it is, Count Corey. You doubt what I say? Oh, no, sir. Go on. Well, let me make you a counter-proposition. I own a chateau in Touraine, not far from Paris. I know, Ileana told me. And here is my suggestion. Why not come down and visit us for a week or two? Well, that's very decent of you, sir. Not at all. If at the end of that time you are not cured of this infatuation... Oh, it's not an infatuation. I, I swear it's not. If at the end of that time you are not cured permanently of this feeling, you may take Eliana with my blessing. Is that fair? It's more than fair, Count Corey. I, I don't know how to thank you. Don't try. There is just one thing, however. Yes, sir? At the Chateau d'Azay, there's a certain bedroom. We call it the tapestry room. Yes? I assure you it will be very interesting to sleep in that room. Why? Is it uh, haunted or anything like that? Not exactly haunted. And now, if you don't mind, I shall say good night. I think I can trust you to bring Eliana safely to the hotel. Yes, in the meantime, look there. What is it now? Those streams of our fellow guests pouring down the main staircase. Shapes of nightmare. Shapes of delirium. Insane, dead masks where only the eyes move. 
Mightn't you be terrified, perhaps, if you could look behind those masked gargoyle faces? No, I don't think so. They're only ordinary people like ourselves. That's, uh, is where you make your mistake. I shall expect you for the weekend. Good night. Good night, sir. Ned. Ned. It's all right, Ileana. You can come out from behind the palms. What was my uncle saying? I couldn't hear. Ileana, it couldn't be better. He's a very decent old boy, actually. And he's invited me to the Chateau d'Aze. Did... Did he say anything about the tapestry room? Yes, he asked me if I'd mind sleeping there. And you said... I said I would, naturally. You mustn't do it, Ned. I won't let you do it. Why the devil not? Because everybody who sleeps in that room dies. Are you serious? Ned, please don't do it. Nonsense. A lot of superstitions about every old house. This isn't a superstition, Ned. It happened once when I was a little girl. A man insisted on sleeping there. They found him dead in the morning. So? How did he die? They don't know. There wasn't a mark on his body. He wasn't shot or stabbed or strangled or poisoned or hurt in any way. He was just dead. Mmm. So a room you sleep in and you never wake up. Huh? That doesn't sound very good. No, not at all. You know, the guy there, the young guy, that actor, his name is Peter Capel. Does that uh, ring a bell to you? Peter, Peter Capel? Capel? Yeah. No. You remember That's... watching Speed Racer as a kid? Here yeah. he comes. Yeah. Here comes Speed Racer. Yeah. He's a demon on yeah. wheels. Peter Capel. He was the voice of really? Speed Racer. Really? Yeah. Um, also in this cast, Clifford Carpenter, Janice Gilbert, but Arnold Moss is Dr. Fabian, uh, a story written by John Dixon Carr called The Sleep of Death. And uh, we'll get back to it. December 26, 1948, CBS broadcast. One of the only shows in existence, I think there's maybe two or three episodes that I have in, uh, in my library. It was only on the air about six months. Um, so we're playing a pretty rare episode. This could actually be on um, Radio Rarities, bro. Yeah. But we're playing for our listeners some Halloween shows. Hope you're enjoying that. We'll be right back. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 
And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Our listening to Cabin B13, December 26, 1948. The Sleep of Death with Arnold Moss. Here's the conclusion. Two nights later, in the part of France once called La Touraine, the wind moans down the valleys, and rain flickers across the apple trees, and thunder stirs in those haunted hills. Comfort to a young man driven in an ancient carriage from the railway station along snake-like roads and leading to... to what destination? Ahead, a flash of lightning shows the grey walls and conical slate-roofed towers of a chateau set some distance back from the road. Light shines from its narrow windows dimly seen through the rain. Driver, coachman. Uh, Yes, monsieur. Is that the Chateau d'Azay up ahead? Yes, monsieur. I will take you to the very door if... uh... If what? Why do you cross yourself? If I am permitted. What should stop you? Only fear, monsieur. And I am... Not much afraid. Listen. What was that? Only the dogs, monsieur. They keep many dogs. Large dogs at the Chateau d'Azay. Those dogs dangerous? They have to fly at anybody who goes to the front door? Mm, I cannot say, monsieur. But uh, I should advise you to make haste. Here's your money. Oh, thank you. Good night, monsieur. And uh, if one so humble as myself may be permitted a word of advice... Yes? Beware of the tapestry room. Me! Me! Yes. Monsieur is expected. Please to enter. Monsieur's hat and coat. Thank you. Ned. Hello, Iliana. Non respire, ma petite. How long? You'd better not kiss me, Ned. Uh, Madame Flay says to look out for my uncle. Mm. She's our housekeeper. Where is your uncle now? In the drawing room. Come along. Iliana... Is anything wrong? Everything's wrong. Two of my dogs were in horrible pain this afternoon. Dr. Solomon had to put them out with chloroform. You don't think... I hope nobody's practicing, that's all. Here we are. Nice tiger skins on the floor. I say, who's that little old man with a gray beard sitting over by the fire? That's Dr. Solomon. That funny-looking eyes. He watches and watches and watches. 
he's an old friend of the family. Shh. Come on, let's get this over with. Oh, my young friend. Welcome to the Chateau d'Azé. Thank you, Count Corey. You must be very wet after your long drive. Uh, Go up to the fire and warm yourself. Thank you. Madame Flame. Yes, monsieur. Please tell Antoine to take our guest's luggage up to the tapestry room. That is what I said, Madame Fleur. Yes, monsieur. They are not coincidence, Mr. Whiteford. Dr. Solomon and I were just discussing the fate of the last person who slept in the tapestry room. This is not good, my friend. This is against my advice. Here, Dr. Solomon croaking. This is not good, I tell you. It is the wrong season of the moon. Moon? But there's no moon tonight. It's raining cats and dogs. Don't talk about dogs. Nevertheless, it is the wrong season of the moon. I say no more. Cheerful man, that doctor. Don't do it, Ned. I won't be responsible if they make you do it. But look here, Count Corey. What did happen to the last fellow who slept in the tapestry room? You must not call him a fellow, young man. He was a very saintly gentleman. The Bishop of Tours. That was some time ago. Eliana was only 15 years old. But surely she must remember it. I remember it. The church said our bishop has no use for superstitions. He insisted on sleeping there. I made him as comfortable as possible. But he was found dead the next morning with a crucifix still in his hand. Was it poison? There was no poison, monsieur. Here, Dr. Solomon. It's true, Ned. There were just two curious things in connection with the death, Mr. Whitefoot. On the mantelpiece was found burning a stick of incense. Ordinary incense, nothing wrong with it. Yes, sir. And under the dressing table, the police found an empty jar of ointment. Now, come, use your detective wits. A dead man and some burning incense and an empty jar of ointment. What do you make of that? I don't make anything of it. Is there any... Reason for this story of death? Reason? Any legend attached to the room or something like that? Yes, there is. Well, sir? We are a very old family, my friend. Old and perhaps accursed. When certain of my ancestors moved from Hungary to France in the 17th century, they brought certain beliefs with them. The old religion. The old religion? Yes, the cult of Diana. The witch cult, if you prefer. (laughs) Now, look here, sir. Must we talk about this? Ah, you smile. When I say the word witch, Mr. Whiteford, you think of some humorous picture on a Halloween card. It was very different in the Middle Ages, believe me. There were many to worship unashamed at the Grand Sabbath. To receive all favors from Satan, their master. To dance forever joyously in the red quadrilles of the netherworld. Some 200 years ago, an ancestress of mine, Catherine Cohery, was tortured to death in the tapestry room for professing the old religion. Many persons have not thought it safe to sleep there since. Are you answered? Come, sir, this is some kind of elaborate joke. Joke? The Bishop of Tours did not find it a joke. Not a mark on his body. I, I assure you, as a physician, not a mark on his body. You hear, Dr. Solomon? Yes, I hear him. Understand me, my boy. There's no compulsion in this. 
if you have not the nerve to sleep in that room. Who says I haven't got the nerve? You're weakening. I think I can see it in your face. Would you like to make a little bet on that? What sort of bet? If I spend the night in this famous room and come out of it alive... Go on. Will you give your consent to the marriage immediately? Tomorrow morning? Why tomorrow morning? Because I don't think the atmosphere of this place is good for Ileana. What do you say? Will you do it? Very well, my boy. I accept the terms of your wager. Don't do it, Ned. For the love of heaven, don't do it. High up in the north tower of the Chateau d'Azay, under the conical slate roof, is the circular room hung with faded tapestries. These tapestries move slightly with uneasy mimic life to the clamor of the storm outside. Candles burn along the mantelpiece and beside the great four-poster bed. The flames of these candles waver too. As the door opens. This is the tapestry room, monsieur. Thank you, Madame Flay. That is the mantelpiece where the incense burned. That is the bed where Monsignor the Bishop died. Very inviting, isn't it? Will there be anything else that Monsieur requires? Some sandwiches? A decanter of whiskey? No, thanks. I had a drink with Count Corey before I came upstairs. Very well, monsieur. Monsieur's shaving water will be brought up in the morning. If he requires it. Good night. Infernal old harpy. Trying to scare a fellow out of his wits just because... Well... Build a good fire, anyway. I didn't realize how cold it was. What's that? It's I, Ileana. May I come in? No, Ileana. I, I don't want you exposed to whatever it is. Ned, listen. Are you going to bed or are you going to sit up all night? I'm going to sit up all night, naturally. Then let me sit up with you. No. Why not? First because it may be dangerous. Second, because I promised your uncle I'd go through this alone. Oh, I wish you hadn't had that drink with him. Couldn't have done anything to it. You poured it. Yes, that's true, only... <gasps> Listen. It was only one of the dogs. No. It sounded like somebody walking inside the wall of this room. Don't you hear it? George, it is somebody walking inside the wall. Get behind that tapestry, Liana. Quick, hurry. All right. Come, Corey. Where did you come from? Forgive me, my boy, for seeming to appear out of the wall and between the tapestries, like Mephisto appearing to Faust. This red dressing gown perhaps adds to the effect. How did you get here? passage between the walls? Exactly. 
A little device of my ancestors for visiting this room when its occupant was so unmannerly as to bolt the door. The door's not bolted. You could have walked straight in. But I could not have done it unobserved. No, maybe not. Have you had any other visitors, my boy? No. You're sure of that? Quite sure. And since nobody saw me come here, I'll just sit down by the fire. Please sit opposite me. Is this the showdown, sir? I don't understand you. There's got to be a showdown between us. Is that why you're here? I am here, young man, to explain certain things to you. Uh, Will you have a cigarette? I'm not doped. That's what you're afraid of. I'll have one, yes. Good. Light? Thank you. When I was discussing the witch cult a while ago, you did not appear to think I meant what I said. Do you want a perfectly frank answer to that? Yes. I think you're mad enough to mean anything. What you say, in a sense, is quite true. In an old and inbred family like ours, the mind can crack, and the fantasies of witchcraft become as real, more real, than the living world. Let me give you an example. Go on. The saucer on the table beside you is Ming porcelain. It was once owned by Catherine Corey, a martyr of the old religion. Yet you're using it as an ashtray. I beg the witch lady's pardon. I'll blow off the ash. A dangerous remark, sir. Don't you understand that to a sick brain which knows but can't help itself, you have profaned this room merely by entering it? Therefore, you deserve to die? Like the Bishop of Tours? Exactly. You're not going to tell me the devil killed him. The devil's agent may be flesh and blood. Then it was murder. Of course it was murder. Murder so cunningly contrived that no one ever saw through it. Go on. I asked you before to use your detective wits on this problem. Incense was burned in this room. Why? Suppose you tell me. Obviously, I think, to conceal something else which would be too easily noticed. To conceal what? The smell of chloroform. Chloroform? Yes. A drug not well understood by laymen. Dr. Solomon was using chloroform this afternoon to dispose of some dogs. So I've heard. Dr. Solomon is old and forgetful. You mean chloroform could be stolen? It could be easily. Now suppose, just suppose, I take a pad saturated with chloroform. I place it over the mouth and nostrils of a man already sleeping or drugged so that he gets no other air. Wait a minute. That won't do. Why not? Chloroform burns and blisters when it touches the skin. You'd leave marks. Not at all, my friend. Not at all if I first covered the mouth and nostrils with some substance like... Ointment. Ah, you're waking up. Uh, I... Now observe what follows. In a few seconds, unconsciousness. In two minutes, three minutes... Certain death. Yes. But chloroform, it evaporates. Delay your postmortem for 24 hours. A very easy matter in these country districts. And no trace remains in the blood. Murder without a mark, my friend. Murder without a mark. There's just one thing you're forgetting, Count Corey. What's that? I'm not sleeping. And I'm not drugged. Oh, yes. You are? In the cigarette? No. In the drink you had with me. What was it? Morphine. You've had enough to put three men to sleep. That's it. Try to get up. I'll try. And I'll do it. Uh, 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 
You've knocked over the fire irons. You'd have been in the fire yourself if I hadn't caught you. Take your hands off me. Just as you please. If I could reach that bell, pull... You can't. Better sit down again. You murdering lunatic. So that's how you kill the Bishop of Tours. And that's how you're going to kill me. I? You don't think I killed the Bishop of Tours? Didn't you? You young fool. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to save you. Dr. Solomon. Yes, Monsieur Le Comte. Come out from behind that secret door. Come out and be my witness. Yes, yes, Monsieur. I shall always guard the family honor, even when I guess how men die. This young man evidently thinks I've been talking about myself. Am I, in the popular parlance, mad? Oh, heaven forbid, Monsieur. I have never known a saner man. Have you any notion, Mr. Whitefoot, why I brought you to this house? You would not have believed me if I had merely told you. So I had to bring you here and show you. Show me? What? <laughs> Come out from there, please. Come out! Ileana! Why have I kept Ileana so well guarded from the world? Why, in a fancy dress ball, did I object to the costume of a medieval witch whose dogs were poisoned so that chloroform should be brought? Who poured you the drink drugged with morphine? In the devil's name! What are you trying to tell me? Ileana. She has been hopelessly insane for more than ten years. <laughs> And so ends my story, The Sleep of Death, a tale which may give uneasy moments to those of you who may be inclined to fall in love at first sight. Next week I shall tell you a story that many of you have asked me to tell again. It's the adventure of an easygoing, straightforward New York detective who followed a beautiful murder suspect to Port Said, the crossroads of crime and who learn that duels are still fought with swords as well as with 38s. And so, next week, when I tell you this tale I call The Dancer from Stambul, will you join me, Dr. Fabian, here in my cabin B-13? From cabin B-13, CBS has brought you another strange and sinister tale of mystery and murder. Written by the world-famous, best-selling author, John Dixon Carr, and directed by John Dietz. Arnold Moss is featured as Dr. Fabian, and in tonight's drama, Cliff Carpenter appeared as Ned Whiteford, Janice Gilbert played Ileana, and Peter Capel appeared as Count Corey. The music for Cabin B-13 is especially composed and conducted by Alfredo Antonini. Join us again next week, same time, same station, for Dr. Fabian's tale... The Dancer from Stambul. Just for fun, make a New Year's resolution to keep on listening to CBS on Sunday nights next year. Otherwise, you'll miss all the fun Jack Benny brings for next Sunday, January 2nd. Marks the day Jack moves here to CBS with all his crew. Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, all the rest. 
From next Sunday on, the Jack Benny Show will come to you exclusively over the CBS stations. The time, 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. This is Lee Vines, and this is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, there you have Cabin B-13, December 26th, 1948. The sleep of death, bro. Uh, Uh, Arnold Moss was the host on there. Makes me not want to go to bed. No, I know. It's heard on CBS. It's time now for Sarah Knight Adamson. She's Hollywood 360's national movie critic. Here's Sarah's backstage pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to review the TV series The Morning Show, Season 3. It stars Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, Billy Crudup, and John Hamm. The Apple TV Plus The Morning Show premiered November 1st, 2019. Oh, it's hard to believe it's been three years since the opening. I have to say that I've enjoyed the first two seasons, yet this one, oh, it's my favorite. Billy Crudup's character, the TV network president, Corey Ellison, he's given the center stage. News reporters Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon, yeah, they take a back seat. I'm all over this network. I need to have a say in the future of this place. What you are asking is unprecedented. I am unprecedented. You want that seat at the grown-up table. But it's not your turn, Alex. Don't forget to shut the door on your way out. We see the personal interactions and the culture behind a network broadcast morning news program. And in season three, oh, they are in major debt. I am offering you a lifeline. Take the money. How well do you know this guy? What does that mean? Do you know how much is at stake here? This is a chance to create something better, but you have to really, really want it. It's refreshing to get stabbed in the stomach instead of the back, so thanks. The bottom line, I'm in. Three and a half stars out of four. The morning show's award-winning cast shines in season three, as does the intriguing storyline. At this point, only five episodes have aired. The remaining five will air weekly. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your TV and film critic for Sarah's Backstage Pass. Check out my website for complete coverage of The Morning Show Season 3. And I'll see you next week. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Hey, bro, a little earlier we listened to Orson Welles as The Shadow, right? Yes. Well, guess what? What? He's now the host of the Black Museum in our next hour. Ah. So we have uh, two Orson Welles radio episodes on this edition of Hollywood 360. So we'll hear Orson Welles in the Black Museum. Before that, Arch Obler presents... Two more of his scary horror stories we'll hear from his album Drop Dead from 1962. So all of that coming your way. Uh, I'm also going to play Wordle because it's going to be midnight. So um, see you soon. 
Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the way showers who will help your journey a lot easier.